Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 86. I am fresh back from Malang in East Java, where I went to Bromo Tengar Samaru, which is the national park that has Mount Bromo. It was incredible. We took a drive at 12.30, 1 a.m. to get to Bromo, which takes about two and a half hours from the center of Malang. And we caught the sunrise there, which was just absolutely amazing. After the sunrise, we hiked up a crater and we drove across the Sea of Sand. Absolutely beautiful. One of the coolest things that I've done in a long, long time. I haven't had a guest from the music world on here in a little while. And really, I have not had anybody from the world of rap and hip hop. So I've been exploring it a bit since I've been here in Jakarta. And I've been checking out some artists, sent out a bunch of emails, And I was lucky enough today to sit down for uh, a couple hours, actually, and record with one of Indonesia's most influential rappers. So on this episode, you are going to hear a conversation with Psycho G. You're also going to hear two songs. Uh, The first one will replace the intro song for this episode, and that is Go Young Cop Law. And I'll hook you up with the information for the last song at the end of this podcast. We talked about how we would have the song that features his son on here. I couldn't find it to download. Uh, I only feature songs on here if I can purchase it out of respect to the artists that I'm interviewing. So you can check the links in the show notes for this episode to find the video for that on YouTube. You can also find links in the show notes for some of the other things that Psycho G talked about, such as the rap beef, the rap battle that he is a judge on. Really, really cool guy. I'm constantly uh, humbled by the guests that I have on this podcast because I think a lot of them are doing much cooler, much more prolific, prolific and much more important things that I'm doing. But they're always humble and down to earth and they seem genuinely interested in the conversations that we're having. And today was no different. You know, we recorded, but I said we hung out for for a couple hours because there's always conversations that take place before and conversations that take place after the actual recording. Sometimes that's some of the the most meaningful and best and at times juiciest stuff. Uh, Sometimes it's stuff that people can't talk about on recording. But today was just friendly cool conversation between two guys who are interested in music. And he's as real as it gets and humble and down to earth. We walked, we met at the Yamaha um, music building where, and he talks about this, but he was recording for an upcoming concert that's coming up on the 10th. And um, he was rehearsing rather with a band and it was, it was really, really cool to get to, to see them rehearse. The acoustics in the building were really beautiful and it, it made for an awesome sound with this full backing band behind him. So then we walked from there to a coffee shop to record and, you know, people were recognizing him and wanting to take pictures and just really cool, genuine, humble guy, you know, doesn't seem like somebody who's let the fame get to his head. I'll say that there was a lot of background noise that was taking place. We were in a cafe, but there was some sort of like uh, like arcade or something around the corner, and it was making all sorts of noise. I'm sure it's going to sound fine. So as always, thank you for, to the wizard for making sure that the audio is always top notch. 
You can support the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast only if you are financially able to do so. You can do that on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Voyages of Tim Vetter. That's a subscription-based service where you can give 50 cents, $1, $50, $500 a month. And that all goes into keeping these stories coming, keeping the content coming, and keeping this platform to share uh, information and a bit of education to you. If you are unable to support financially, I totally get it. If you still want to support, though, you can do so by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes or the podcast application that you most often listen to. All right. Thank you, as always, listeners. Enjoy this one with Psycho G. This is Indonesia. Sit down, be humble. Hey, zaman yang berbeda. Pantatnya gatel. Berdiri ngomong sampai bibir monyong sekonyong-konyong pun berbonong-bonong sambil nodong-nodong minta di subscribe dong lalu skrt skrt lagi dong. I got the plug. Y'all know my name. I don't need no luck. I've been working on my game like go young couple. Hey, go young couple. When I move, I keep it low like go young couple. I I I got the plug. Y'all know my name. Don't need no luck, I've been working on my game like Go Young Kaplo, hey, Go Young Kaplo When I move, I keep it low like Go Young Kaplo, yeah They come and go in the scene like Hokya Hokya Rap mulai dilirikin like Hokya Hokya Tiba-tiba jadi rame banget Hokya Hokya Mantep nyemplung baik mumpung nganget Hokya Hokya Halo ngerap permanen atau coba-coba Gue masih mau ngerap sampai opa-opa Kalau tren udah berobah-obah Awas kutu loncat doang Lo tergoda-goda I got the plug 
y'all know my name I don't need no luck I've been working on my game Like go young couple Hi, go young couple When I move I keep it low Like go young couple I, I, I got the plug Y'all know my name I don't need no luck I've been working on my game Like go young couple Hey, go young couple When I move I keep it low Like go young couple well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, man, because I know you're super busy and uh, probably didn't know about me before I got here, so I, I appreciate your time. I look it up. I look you up. Awesome, man. <laughs> cool. Uh, you're from Kalimantan. I was born there. You were born there. But I wasn't actually from there. My family um, comes from Central Celebes. Ah. Uh, around the area, uh, several weeks ago, they just had the earthquake. Yep. But wow. not, not, not from that city. I mean, okay. Like, more uh, like a couple of hundred kilometers from that city. Okay. So they were all right? My family? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, most of my family is okay. Some of them um, is affected by the earthquake, but they're okay. Okay. So growing up, what was life like for you? Were you growing up in an urban setting? Were you uh, in a more rural setting? <laughs> um, I grew up in the city. This okay. City. Really? Um, I was born in, in Kalimantan in 83. But since... Around 85 or 86, my family um, started living here. Okay. But out in the east, eastern side of Jakarta. Yeah. Right next to Bekasi. Okay. What was your first exposure to hip-hop and rap? How old were you? <laughs> what were the circumstances? I, I was still in elementary. Um, the first person who actually listens to hip-hop music is my sister. Yeah. Um, she used to listen to a whole bunch of artist that you know you know what's funny I didn't even like rap back then really because I well I was a kid yeah I didn't understand English oh. so the only thing that I can understand or capture from rap songs back then as a child was the anger mm. why are these guys you know like saying a bunch of things on top of music and they sound like they're yelling and angry at something so I didn't like it back then Wow. So, but I actually started to love rap and understand rap music when I started to listen to Indonesian rap songs. So those first artists were American artists that you that you heard that you didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I me, honestly I don't really remember. Okay. Uh, what were the songs? But I just remember like, what what is this like? It's it's so it's mm. so so angry. From my opinion, like yeah. back then, I feel like, uh, but I didn't. I didn't understand back then. Yeah. So when I started to listen to Indonesian rap, I realized that, hold up, this is actually storytelling. Yeah. I understand what they say, and the plus side is that they're telling their story uh, using rhymes. It's like poetry, and then they they synchronize the the poet on top of music, and if the music is good and their delivery is good, I mean, the story become enhanced. You know, it's, you, you understand the story even more. Yeah. So then, after I grew up a bit and then I started uh, to understand English more, when I go back to those uh, rap songs that my sister used to listen to, I, I started to realize that they're also telling a story. Mm -hmm. But their story is different from Indonesian rappers. I mean, they had an awful childhood awful past they live in the 
bad neighborhood. That's why they were so angry. Yeah. Then I started to appreciate what they say. That's awesome, man, because I was thinking, like, uh, for early hip-hop from, like, the Bronx and Harlem and Brooklyn, a lot of that stuff was storytelling. And I think that, like, it was a similar situation for me when I was younger. My first exposure was also through my sister, so that's crazy. Like, she she made me a (laughs) mixtape, and it had weird, like, pop stuff on there. And then it had, um, when Biggie died, (laughs) it had Puff's tribute song. Yeah. And, you know, I was eight in 94 okay. so I was like well, like, who is this guy <laughs> and I listened to it and it was like it, it, you know I'm from the suburbs it didn't speak about my reality Yeah. but now as someone who's older you look back at I mean he's rapping about it, my mama's got cancer in her breast right like, mm-hmm. like the struggle of yeah. what he was going through the song The Message is iconic right and it's about living in the slums living in the projects uh, and I think that storytelling aspect is really similar to Kind of like what I like to do with this, yeah. with the podcast, is share people's stories. So that's really awesome. I mean, I understand, like, as I grew older and, and I started to listen to rap songs, even, 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 even the most emotional rap songs, I mean, I can understand that they're trying to, to tell their story mm. of their hardships in life. Yeah. So even though me as an Indonesian, I don't really go through what they go through, but I can understand the energy it boosts up my own, um, you know, like when you listen to a rap song, you feel like you, you're cool. Mm. Not just because you listen to a rap song, but it, it becomes the soundtrack that moves you. You know, you go to work, you listen it in your car, or even before I started rapping, like I, I, listen, I listen to rap songs to, to help me keep my chin up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 well, as you can see, I mean, like, this is a podcast. People cannot see me, but you can see me. I'm not really a tall guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can imagine, as a kid, I'm a lot smaller. Yeah. And I was skinny. So, the lyrics, the confidence in the lyrics helped me go through some tough times in my life as a kid. Yeah. You know... A lot of it is born in places where guys come from humble beginnings, um, come from places that are economically disadvantaged. Is that a similar situation to where a lot of artists are coming from in Indonesia? Um, When you, when I try to say, um, when when you ask me, does artists from Indonesia are going went through the same? financial struggles uh, like rappers in the States. It's, it's basically, um, I would say, it's relative hmm. because what, what I can define as, you know, what, when you say you're poor from an American perspective mm-hmm. and Indonesian perspective, it's a whole lot of different thing. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point. <laughs> yeah, because it's not really the same. I mean, I grew up taking the public transportation everywhere. I mean, we have a house mm-hmm. out in the east uh, part of Jakarta, but we're not... We got a house, but it's not really a rich people house. I mean, like, I got my my two bigger sisters, one younger brother, my mom and dad works. Um, I'm not... I wouldn't say that we're poor, but at the same time, we're not, we're not rich. <laughs> Middle, lower. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair point, though. I mean, I've, that's something I used to bring back when I was teaching to my students, because it's hard to tell somebody who's in a place that is rough for them that, like, other people have it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But it is true. Like, American poverty is not the same as poverty in a lot of other places. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's different. Yeah. Even, even to some people here that lives in a house, you know, it's basically a hut, but to say that they are living in poverty, that's it's different, you know, because you can see the kind of happiness. I mean, Indonesian people, Indonesian people sees life differently from, I don't know, from, from Westerners. Yeah. You can live in a small house, but as long as you can have access to internet, you can still... <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of rappers, up-and-coming young rappers in the scene, in the local scene that are, they're not rich, but because they have access to internet, they can actually make a better life. Oh, yeah. They can start uh, making their own music, you know, connecting with people. Um, so I wouldn't say it's the same same definition of being financially struggling in, in, in America and here. Okay. No, that's, that's totally fair. You're talking about how... Um, Initially, when you really started connecting with some hip-hop artists, they were Indonesian hip-hop artists. Yeah. I'm sort of new to that world, you know, <laughs> coming from America and also not coming from really, like, the world of hip-hop. Um, so I've been listening to some stuff lately in preparation to talk to you and just because I'm interested in it. Uh, for maybe some audiences abroad, who were some of those those people? I, I, I saw about uh, Iwa K yeah, from the 90s. Um, was he an influence? One of the influence, yeah. He's, he's like the godfather of Indonesian hip-hop. I mean, like, he's the first one that actually penetrated the industry. Mm. Um, I was in... I was in... middle school. Yeah, I was in middle school when, when I first uh, heard about him. And, and yeah, he, he's, he's telling stories in Indonesian. He makes songs about basketball. There's this one track from him where he tells a story about when he was thirsty, walking on the street without money to buy drinks. Mm. And that just clicks with me. I'm like, yeah. this guy's telling us. I was there too. I was going on, you know, uh, I was using the public transportation to go back home. It was hot. I didn't have any money except money for the bus. I mean, I, I understand that part of his story and, and it speaks to me. But Iwake was actually wasn't the first one, the first Indonesian rap songs that I like, uh, really? listen and I like. So, so who is someone that maybe people should okay. check out? So there's this rap group. Uh, they, they were a part of a rap compilation uh, back in 94. Um, their names might sound a bit weird for uh, American people. They're called Black Skin. Okay. But not because of, uh, the, not the same race issue as what you probably seen in, in America. Yeah. In Indonesian, when you, you, you call yourself black skin, it means just basically because some of us likes to hang out in the sun and they, they call us like, you got a black skin, dark skin, but not because of race. It's just, it's just a way to say that these dudes plays under, under the sun longer than the other. So I think that's why they choose that name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, like, if people haven't traveled in Southeast Asia, that's in a lot of countries. Yeah, yeah to say like, you know, it's also a way, I think, sometimes to distinguish class, right? Yeah. If you have darker skin, that means that you were someone that had to work outside. True, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so their name is Black Skin, and then their 
uh, song is called Chewe Matre. Okay. Chewe is a girl. Matre means um, gold digger. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was rapping about 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 a guy who has a family and then met this one gold digger who keeps, um, you know, like like extorting money from this guy. Got you. So I understand that part. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and even as a young person in middle school, I understand what, what a gold digger is, I can mm-hmm. tell. And the, the story was funny, it was simple. Um, I wasn't trying to be gangster or anything. Mm-hmm. Just telling a story of what they see. And I understand that. Yeah. And I can relate with that. <laughs> How long after this did you think, hey, maybe this is something I could do? Did you used to like rap along to songs, to beats? Immediately after that, I started... I started trying to write some lyrics uh, using my sister's uh, keyboard back at home. Huh. They have this um, built-in beat mode where you can just play a button and then set the tempo and then the beat will just, you know, uh, plays. And then you can play with keyboard. So I only used that part of the beat and then I started writing my own lyrics. But, but I didn't record it. Oh, okay. It was like, it was, it was, it was whack. <laughs> <laughs> it was nursery rhymes at its finest. <laughs> so... After that, because uh, I didn't have the, uh, I didn't have friends or anybody. Well, it was it was the nineties. Who have mm. who have recording applications? Yeah. Left. I don't even have a computer back then. No, you had the double tape deck where you could ha- put in one tape yeah, and record I, the I other. Tried, but that comes later. Okay. So that was ninety five, probably ninety six. Took me four years. I become I become. Um, a fan of hip hop. I started mm. to listen to all kinds of rap, Indonesians, American hip hop. But in the late 2000, I was in high school. Um, there's this local hip hop forum website huh. where you can come. I mean, you subscribe and then you sign in, and then you can become a part of the forum. Discuss about hip hop, you know, promoting your own stuff or promoting events. I used to go to that forum, and then um, sometimes they have this uh, key style battle. I mean, you know freestyle battle? Mm-hmm. It's called key style battle. You type your lyrics, oh. and then somebody else uh, reply. Wow. So I used to be a part of that scene. Wow. I never actually know how to freestyle in Indonesian, but I, I love that. Okay? So being a member of the group, um, um, one time I see this um, flyer about uh, rap festival being held right here in Jakarta. Um, I remember it's November 2000. I was in. Uh, I went. I'm high school. I'm a senior. Yeah, that was my last last year as a as a high school. Um, I went to the event. I just I just went there because I want wanted to. See, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been noticing all these people talking in the forum, but I never actually see a live local rap performance. Yeah. So I went there, and I, I, I met a couple of people like, oh my goodness, this is the guy that I've been listening to. This is the guy that I've been listening to. They were so nice to me. Yeah. Me, uh, I mean, they know my name. When I told them, like, this is my, my, my ID. They knew you from the forum. They, kn- they knew me yeah. from the forum. I told them my name. Um, and there's another story with my name. Okay. <laughs> um, so they were so nice. Um, I went there actually to ask for pamphlets 
because I want to share it to my friends back in school. Mm. You, you know, who knows? I might find some friends who also likes to listen to rap music. But one of the people who was in charge of the festival says, like, hey, you're the guy that used to be in the forum. Why don't you join the, fe- the, the, the rap festival? I mean, do you have your own lyrics, music? I said, no, I'm just here for the pamphlets, for the flyers. Yeah. Okay. Here's a tape cassette. This is an instrumental. If you can make something with it. And I was like, all right, let me try. So I went back. I wrote some lyrics. And the next day, I went back to the festival. And I skipped school. Whoa. <laughs> I skipped school. I went back. I made my own lyrics. Oh. Again, it was whack. Uh-huh. It's on YouTube. No way. Yeah. All right. You know, I, this, I will show you the video. Awesome, yeah. When we're done with this. It's on YouTube. It was whack. Whack as whack can be. Hey, you're just starting out, though. I know, huh? I know. But the funny thing is, I got into the semifinals. Really? Yeah. So I didn't win. Okay. I didn't win, but... It makes me realize something that as a, as a small kid, I wasn't really, I'm not really academically good. I'm not physically athletic. I'm not, I, I don't even have that much friends. But I realized as a rapper, even though I didn't win, they can appreciate what I do. Hmm. There, here it goes. Somewhere where people can recognize I can actually make something here. That's awesome. That's the moment where I decided I wanted to be a rapper. Wow. At that time, it's funny because uh, when I was the same age that you were then, I was going to punk shows in New York and in New York City. And there's a lot of similarities, I think, in that it sounds like uh, it was very like grassroots. You're talking about flyers, uh, you know, <laughs> self-promotion I tapes. I kept that flyer, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> So, like, was it very, like, independent and underground still at that time? Yeah. Yeah. It was... So that event is actually... A, that event was not only... It's a several days event, and it's not just a hip-hop event. I think it was also part of other events as well. I mean, like, rap is just one of the scheduled hmm. events, the festival. I see. So I would say yes. That was not backed by any major uh, label or anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mean, and, and, and that at that time, that was the first time I see contestants from many parts of Indonesia. Really? Yeah. There's people from Surabaya. There's people uh-huh. from 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 um, from Lombok, I guess. Or really? Some, yeah. So people from all over the country. Uh, that's cool. That was the first time, and. It blew my mind. Yeah. Oh my goodness! There's a lot of rappers from all over the, from all the part of, of, of the country, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually something." It wasn't really a big event. I mean, come to think about it, like I've done shows and stages bigger than that event. Yeah, yeah. But back then, that was the world to me. Oh, of course. <laughs> you were a kid, man. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting because right now. Rap is the mainstream uh, in terms of music and culture, at least in the States. Uh, but where it started out, again, uh, you know, I, I compare it a bit to, to like underground punk music and heavy music in that it was very like countercultural in the beginning. It was yeah. talking about these are things that are wrong in society and yeah. I'm telling the truth as I see it and addressing it. Um, was that the same way here in Indonesia? Like, was it 
Uh, did it take a while to be kind of accepted into the mainstream? There's always, you know, once once a scene has developed, there's always going to be um, branches of it. Like mm. people will decide, like, okay, we start to make money, we got to start stunting. We got to start showing what we got. Yeah. And some other people, like, we got to keep it with our idealism. We got to keep spreading the culture. We got to keep it real. Yeah. So there's always both sides here, even here yeah. in, in, in Indonesia. Well, it's also, uh, it's, it's quite a conservative culture and a lot of the, like, um, and I'm not criticizing the lyrical content, but a lot of it is, like, about, like, bigging yourself up or, you know, beefs and conflict. Not yeah. not every rapper, and that's, but that does seem to go kind of counter to a conservative culture. Um, see, I see hip-hop... I mean, I, I I didn't create it, but I studied it. And even back then, when people still um, taking part in the hip hop culture back in the days, when Bronx DJ Cool Herc started it, people started break dancing. There's always there's always this sense of competition. Mm. So hip hop hip hop is a is a culture that you know promotes your hustle to to become the better version of you. I mean, you always have to show that you're fresh. Either you're a rapper, a dancer, a DJ, or a graffiti artist. I mean, you really need to show them that you're fresh. So battling uh, competition is, is, is actually, it's key. It's not, just, it's not because you disrespect others, but you really need to show that within, within the hip hop scene, you got something fresh you can always escalate or expand your skills. Mm. And I understand that and I appreciate it and I love, and I know, I love the battle scenes. I think it's, it's, it's a major part of, of, of uh, the scene. Without, without the battle rap or, or, or the battle uh, part of the scene, I don't think hip hop is going to be what it is right now. Mm. I guess it gives you uh it makes you practice your skill and it gives you a yeah. tougher skin too, huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah. With that, one thing that I think is really cool about Indonesia is how proud everyone is of Indonesia. Like I see people, you know, everyone's uh, very proud of the Netflix film. Yeah. When I, w- I went to the Asian Games and um, I was at the women's basketball game against China and they got blown out. Yeah. But... The, you know, those are my 50 points and everyone is Indonesia. Yeah. I'm like, this, this is awesome because American culture is very fractured right now. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really cool to see people so proud of their culture and promoting it. Yeah. Um, do you notice that there's, with that competition within rap, do you notice that there's a camaraderie and a, like a, a brotherhood within Indonesia with different acts um, or are... Uh, hip-hop artists quite competitive with each other of course they're always competitive yeah i mean back then we were competitive on in the on the internet in the forum and then after that several years after that people started to become competitive they started making like um commenting on other people's music and videos so uh, there's there's a couple of um, rap beefs between some Indonesians back then. Mm. And some of them are still on. Some people even try to attack me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's all good. I mean, for me, uh, you know, 
as I, iron sharpens iron, a man mm. sharpens the other. I mean, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not backing away from it. Yeah. Um, you know, the real issue here is, I'm not saying that we have to translate hip-hop into Indonesian form, but I would love to see people appreciate Indonesian rap in Indonesian. Mm. I mean, you understand? There are times um, that I feel like some sometimes people don't really appreciate people who try to write lyrics in Indonesian. Mm. If you try to write lyrics in English and you don't have the right pronunciation, you cannot, you know, combine the right words to say it. He sounds like a guy who went to an English course and started writing rap. That sounds like an American tried to, yeah. like, you try to speak in Indonesian and start right. making rap right. <laughs> It doesn't really work that way. Yeah. I mean, you don't even, you wouldn't even know how to say, you know, things the way people uh, communicate daily, right. you know. Because then you're also just making the music for that particular market, right? You're just making it for English speakers then at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, but at the same time, people always, there's the thing, Indonesians have this um, thing that they call, sometimes we're like way too overproud mm. when Indonesia is mentioned internationally. I see. Like, I, I, I really love, uh, if you know Rich Brian, yeah. what he does, mm -hmm. it's good. He, he, he get around. Everybody's saying like he's a very good Indonesian rapper, but he speaks in English. All his lyrics are in English, and it's the content's okay. not very Indonesian either, right? Yeah, it's I okay. Know, I mean, yeah. it's good for him. I mean, like maybe he found, or his whoever he's managing him feels like you should create contents for international market. Mm -hmm. That's good, but people always Indonesians always appreciate someone when the media or, or it become viral um, outside of Indonesia first. But I feel like they don't really understand how to appreciate people that actually loves uh, the scene and try to try to write things in Indonesian. I mean, it takes... Well, that's, that's basically me and my friend's homework. We gotta, we gotta make sure that we can create uh, good songs in Indonesians. Yeah. That even Indonesian would say like, oh, wow, this is us. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. Um, do you see it becoming more popular? Because... I see... Uh, I see there's a lot, even more talents. Like back in the days, a lot of talents, a lot of rap talents that are being recognized by people mostly come from around Java. Mm. Nowadays... Uh, you can see a lot of good songs becoming viral on the internet, but they're actually coming from all over the places yeah. in, in Indonesia. I mean, there's people like like Young Lex is blowing yeah. up. I mean, I was just walking down the street with you, and people are looking at you, so people know who you are. <laughs> so it, it seems like the the exposure is maybe getting you know pretty big. Well, um, I'm grateful because uh, within my career, I, I expanded... I I spread my wings further than <laughs> just rap music. Yeah. Because I've done movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I even have a music production that does uh, jingles or scoring, film scoring or soundtracks. So uh. when it comes to making my own songs these days, 
I'm not on a deadline. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Because my professional work in music have gone beyond what I do in rap. Mm-hmm. So when I when I want to make a rap songs, I just do it. I mean, I have no. I I, I have no target or a certain amount of number that I need to reach because I love it. I'm going to keep doing it with or without money. One thing I like about you, man, without blowing you up too big here, is that like um, you seem really comfortable and unconcerned with your image. Um, I listen to It's a Dad Thing. Yeah. And that really breaks from the mold of what somebody would think of as a rapper, right? Like if someone thinks this guy's a rapper, they've got this certain image in their head and an idea about what the lyrical content might be. Uh, Can you explain sort of how that that song came about? Good question. I mean, I always try to explain this to people. When when a younger rapper comes to me and then asks, like, what should I do to become successful? You know, I try to explain to them what I do. I, I cannot tell them, like, you have to do this and you have to do that, and then you will become successful. I always tell them, like, you gotta find who you are first. You gotta find your purpose. You gotta find your values. Because when you find your purpose and your value, and you are, I mean, you work hard towards your art, you're definitely gonna get somewhere. Mm. Now, I find my purpose being a small kid, who was basically nobody in school and then become a rapper, I realized that this is, this is a good platform to encourage everybody else that I mean, you can do a lot in your life and that you don't have to succumb to the peer pressure or, or whatever the, the industry, the rap industry showing on the music videos and on the lyrics because there's always more than just party and women and drugs. I sound old, I understand, but <laughs> trust me, when you think outside of that box and you see how powerful rapping is to, to spread a message or to, to show something different, I mean, you can really find you know, a good use of, 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 of putting together rhymes. I took I took my time to learn this rap thing. I went to freestyle battles to freestyle battles. And to this day, I'm always down if anybody wants to rap battle me. I'm not trying to be arrogant, yeah. but nobody dares. <laughs> nobody dares. At the moment, if somebody want to make a beef track, this dissing me on a track, I can reply, I can make my own music, I can record myself, mix and master. I can shoot my own video, I can edit it, and I can put it back in the same day. Because when I started this, I realized I had nothing. Mm. I, want, I wanted to know how to make everything. So at this, at this moment, that's why I told you, I'm so comfortable with what I do. I have no, I'm not concerned. Mm. And I want to use this for good. Not just good in a common sense, like, you know, as an image to do good. But I understand that people can remember me if I try to write lyrics with profanity. And it has to have some wow factor that people like, oh my goodness, or like, oh man, that's why he said that. But for me, 
there's always something more. Because when I, when I make music, I want the music to help others. I want people to see that whatever I put in my songs, it will be meaningful for them and it will help them in their own journey. If you understand, like, I, I put my stuff on YouTube as well, but I never actually, like, promoted, promoting it too much. Mm. I'm not trying to say, like, hey, follow me, subscribe. I mean, you can actually go into my YouTube and see most of the stuff that I put there. I never told people, like, subscribe me, right. follow me. I just want to just go. Even, even on some stuff that I put there, I, I turn off the AdSense. Really? I, I have this uh, new program on my YouTube. It's called Educa Skill. Educacy means education, but I add skill, educa skill, so I educate people to have skills. So I tell them my stories on how I make, uh, uh, find my own rhymes, mm. writing rap lyrics, song structure, how to create your own flow. And I post it all on YouTube and I turn off all the AdSense because I want people to understand when I share something for you, you're going to get it for free. Because when I started growing up, nobody ever gave it to me. Nobody shared it to me. I'm going to have a couple of your songs embedded within this episode. Um, but if people don't know, the song I was referencing, um, in it, it's your son on the track with you? Oh, yeah. And in it, you're talking about homework and schoolwork. And yeah. you're, you're being a, a good dad. And there's a, there's a correlation. So where I, where I worked for a long time in a, in a school, it was in a low-income neighborhood, it had the unfortunate stigma of being called the crack capital of the United States in the 1990s, right? Um, and due to all the things that come along with that, there were a lot of single-parent households. Not all of them. I'm not going to paint everyone with the same brush, but there were a lot. And often the single parent is mom or grandma. Okay. And you see that, you know, my, a lot of the kids I was teaching were coming from neighborhoods that guys were rapping about. It was the reality that they grew up in. And so to me... It's really cool and it's important, I think, for people within the hip-hop world to see, okay, well, well here's a good dad. <laughs> here's a good dad who's, who's, who's proud to be a dad and proud of his family and doing a good job and talking about the reality of that. You're a dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so I'll, I'll try to include that one in here, too. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Um, I, when I was a kid, I see that there's a certain perspective when people see rap music it has to be like that you know like the yeah. way people see is it like it's, it's, it's coarse there's profanity there's anger there's there's always this hardship of love and there's like I, I've seen like they they always try to look like as tough and as real as they can but when I see into my own life like what is real in my life that's what you see in, 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 in that song it's yeah. a bad thing it's actually what, I, what happens in my life and I'm I'm not trying to be American. I'm not trying to be what I am not. I'm just trying to tell people who I really am and that we actually live like that at home. Yeah. And that, uh, to, me, to be honest, that's not really a good example. When your kid is making homework in the morning <laughs> before you go to school, that's not a good parenting. <laughs> but I'm just trying to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, my son, he raps, but at the moment, I understand he, he have a lot of, lots of interest. Uh, I'm not pushing him to become a child star or anything. Mm. When you want to, your dad is ready to support you. But right now, do what you want to do. Yeah. And he's, we really speak like that. We really spoke like that. Like, really? Bilingual. He speaks very good English. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting too, man. Like, I've seen you uh, refer to yourself as 
uh, a nerd rapper as a geek rapper? Yeah. What does that mean? It means that I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> What's I mean, nerdy about you? Like, like, well, get this. Nerd, nerds are not real. If you, if you see American movies, people would see nerds as bookworms, people that are probably smart. But I don't think the definition of nerd is not really... It's not always smart. It's just I'm just basically a nerd. I like comic stuff. I like sci-fi. I like I like I love some technical stuff. You know, I like I love knowledge. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm I'm a smart person. I'm just basically I'm not a I'm not a jock man. <laughs> and I'm not I don't really do much sports. I don't really go out and hang out. In the clubs at night, I only go to clubs when I perform. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm performing tonight. Oh, really? In a club, you want to come? You should come. Oh, awesome, man! I'll get you in. No awesome. problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoy I enjoy reading. I enjoy watching movies. I enjoy documentaries. I mean, like I mean, you would probably understand. Like you talk about the one that I know that you know you want to talk about many stuff. International issues, politics, I'm down, man. Yeah. I absorb this information. And as a rapper, to be a person that can combine words and tell a story, it's important that you have a very large perspective of very big attention span to understand many things. Are you also going to use that to help branch out more? Like you mentioned doing film and, and TV. Are you... What's the future for you? Are you expanding into other mediums? I would you love to because at the moment I'm studying, not studying like as in go to school, but I work with a lot of um, film production houses. Mm. Uh, I work them making soundtracks and scoring, but at the same time I study like you know what it takes to make a movie, to become a producer, or probably sometime in the future um, writing scripts. My dream is to make a hip hop musical film. Really? Because I watched Hamilton. Okay, I was going to ask about that. Yes, yeah. I went there uh, earlier this year. As a matter of fact, yeah, January. It was cold outside. I stand in front of the Robert Rogers um, studio, whatever it's called. I forgot, but I went there and I watched Hamilton. I paid a good money. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to watch this. And it inspired me a lot. So actually, my the, the, so that thing is... is Partly inspired by Hamilton. Mm. That's awesome, man. Um, it seems to me, again, I'm an outsider. It seems like a really good time in Jakarta for creative industries. Uh, just, I think it was last weekend was, or was it two weekends ago now? Idea Fest. Mm -hmm. um, there was another like creative workshop that had speakers from Vice and all these other uh, different media outlets. Uh, it seems like a city like on the on the brink of a lot of greatness in different mediums. Because, I mean, Indonesians, we really like to create. Mm. You know, this is this is a country, Jakarta, especially. A lot of people here like likes to create. I mean, like they understand. You can get a lot of whole references on how to shoot a video, to make music from off the internet. And then you can actually use that knowledge to make something that you think is that you think is matter. Yeah, you know, mm. if you have a story, or if you have an idea, uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the place. Yeah, how mainstream? Maybe I should say, how 
much access is there to live hip hop in Indonesia? I, I know with like a lot of international acts. I'm sorry to to, to jump on your words there. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, some of the the big international acts come through kind of infrequently. Um, okay, yeah. But so, if I'm a kid who's just getting into hip hop, like, how much access do I have to go on a weekend to go see a live act? Like international acts? No, uh, anything, <clears throat> any sort of hip hop. It's mostly community. The scene okay. uh, have the that kind of event, but sometimes um, some rappers can perform live PA on on, on clubs, like what I'm doing tonight. Mm. Um, like me myself, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, the entertainment industry recognized my name. So on, on a weekly basis, I would have like at least one or two shows on weekends because on weekdays I work like this. Mm. Like before we met, before I went to the rehearsal, I was making some music at home. Oh, okay. Some work, and then I, I and then I I, I I I went to where I had the rehearsal, and then I met you. But uh, most of my shows are on uh, weekends. Okay. So that's what I do. Weekdays, I make music, my music production thing. Weekends, I do shows. I wasn't recording when we first talked about... So I met you over at the Yamaha building. Yeah. And the acoustics in that room are really cool, first of all. But it sounded like... Well, you had a bunch of musicians with you. But it sounded like a full orchestra going on. Yeah. <laughs> which, again, like sort of breaks the mold from traditionally, I think, what you would think of as like a hip-hop setting or a hip-hop yeah. show. Um, can you just talk... Briefly about like what this performance is. Okay, that was actually a hip hop uh, performance. It's actually we were rehearsing for an Indonesian gospel festival. So um, Christianity is minority here in Indonesia, but the amount of people no, no not the amount, but the the development of of Christian gospel music is is pretty big. Mm. I mean, we're not on the popular charts, of course, but Yes, we do have a very big um, audience. Yeah. So Yamaha music always have like different types of projects. And, you know, sometimes we have the Indonesian Java Jazz Festival. I also took part in Yamaha project to collaborate with other artists. This one is Indonesian Gospel Festival. And then Yamaha project also uh, combines all these different singers. Um, into this performance and then they asked me to, to, to represent rap. So I'm gonna rap in a couple of um, gospel songs. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think that's just cool. It's just another way to get your, your artistry into a different, it's not a different medium because it's still music, but sort of a different genre. Yeah, because this, um, like, 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 like what we talked before, like people always see rap music on a, with a stigma like it's gonna be rough, it's gonna be it's a lot of anger, it's a lot of cussing. But you know, I always think like you, you whatever you want to tell your story, mm. the more you try to see the world or or this rap thing and tell a different story, there's always more to say, including uh, saying my story or saying my. Uh, my gratefulness in life because uh, what God did in my life through gospel music. <laughs> we talked earlier about, um, and I'll let you go in a little bit here. I know it's, uh, I've been holding you for a while. No, it's okay. I got time. Don't awesome, worry. awesome. <laughs> we talked earlier about sort of keeping it Indonesian, yeah. right? Is there a way that you can do that and still sort of 
have it enter the mainstream in other countries. Like, you know, you see people even like uh, Drake yeah. has branched out a bit. He, he recently included um, a rapper from England yeah. or there's some Central American hip hop artists and like, uh, like uh, dance music artists that are sort of collaborating on features and things like yeah, that. Yeah, Drake's latest um, song that I just, yeah. I like to listen to, it's called Amia. He's, he's rapping and singing in, in Spanish, mm -hmm. actually. Do you see a crossover where one day, you know, uh, Indonesian artists will be features on some of those, like, you know, not t even top 40, like top 10 type of artists? But in Indonesian. Yeah. I mean, doing Indonesian lyrics, right? Uh -huh. I mean, like, Rich Shiga, Rich Brian is doing yeah, that yeah. right now. I mean, he, he gets around, he, but he still raps in English. Mm. I'm confident that in the future we can have something like that. I mean, if you see the news or you, you, you try to, I mean, look at the economy right now. Indonesia is one of the country that is not affected by the world financial situation, right? We're actually growing, yeah. developing. I mean, some people in the, because it's election year next year, mm -hmm. some people always say like, hey, look at the comparison between Indonesian rupiah rate compared to US dollars. But hey, that happens to everybody. You got to see what happens actually with the nation uh, GDP. Mm -hmm. We're actually we're not it's bad. Five point two, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's good. Yeah. Money. I mean, like <laughs> international currency is a whole different thing. So, if the economy is getting better, I'm pretty sure in the future we can do more creatively. You know, create more music, arts, and entertainment coming from Indonesia. So that people can see. I mean, when you say Indonesia, people probably would remember what? Bali. Mm. But Indonesia is bigger than Bali. <laughs> we'll always say that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to take time. But, but this country needs people who know how to think from international perspective, know how to communicate with people internationally, but still holds up the same Indonesian value. Yeah. The thing is, Sometimes Indonesian, like, they try to be so Indonesians, like, like, hey, if you speak English or you mix Indonesian and English, it means you're not really Indonesian. Or some, some of the more upper-class people say, like, if you only rap in Indonesian, I mean, nobody's going to listen to you. You need to rap in English. You need to find, you know, the center, mm. the balance, equilibrium between the two. And then you need to be, you need to be proud of what you have but you need to know how to present it internationally. Yeah. It's cool, man, that we kind of went into politics for a second. Politics on a global scale are getting pretty weird. I don't have to... Politics are always weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have to tell you about America. <laughs> you can tell. I mean, <laughs> Maybe well, you got some, some issues, some things you want to... <laughs> I think it's a scary time in a lot of places. Yeah. Since I've been traveling, um, Brazil just elected a guy with, like, really far-right ideas. Um, uh, Sri Lanka just had an election in which the incumbent refuses to step down even though he lost, and the winner seems like he's somebody that had uh, his hand in crimes against humanity. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes music becomes involved in that, gets political. It's election day in America right now. There's yeah. a lot of artists saying, get out there and vote. How political does hip-hop in Indonesia get? Political in the sense of 
telling stories or, or making music to show that it's important for us to care about politics or politics in the sense that we make music to to let people know who are we voting for? Well, I guess both, right? I guess maybe, yeah, uh, bringing political issues to people, to, to your listeners, and also getting involved in like, hey, you guys should care about politics. There's a big election next year. Uh, things could change greatly. Care about it. I'm in the process of um, writing for a second part of It's the Dad Thing. I'm in the process of writing for the second part of It's a Dead Thing with my son. Why? Because next year, election year, 2019, my mm. son will be 12 years old. In five years, he's going to be 17 and he will be able to vote. So what I'm writing right next now... Next election. Yes. So what I'm writing right now is basically the same context where father and son... Uh, talks, but my ass, my, my my son asked, "Dad, what is, what is the election?" Mm. And then we started rapping, exchanging rhymes, but explaining the politics, like the the division of power, legislative, uh, judicial, and executive. Oh, I wrote that already. Really? I'm, I'm just looking for the time. Okay. To record it with my son, and then I'm gonna say. Um, we're gonna talk about like, hey, next year election year, you cannot vote, but in five years after that, you're gonna be vote, you're gonna be able to vote. You, you gotta use that opportunity. So that's the thing that I'm gonna do right now. But this content would be neutral. It's not about telling people right. who to choose. Exactly. But yeah. I'm just trying to open young people's mind because, as you can see, it's a dad thing. Is it got four million views? Right. Without promotion, like I you said. Even, <laughs> I just did that in my living room. We recorded. My wife recorded. <laughs> yeah. My son, you know, memorize it, and then we, you, you, you can even see the outtakes where we, yeah. fail, you know, at the end. Just, we didn't even, you know, it's just what we do at home. So I understand that it's a very powerful content. It's a powerful medium to say, you know, to explain important issue. And I think politics is important because sometimes people are afraid to talk about politics because they feel like, you know. If you are, um, if your opinion sounds like you're you're leaning toward one side, somebody else would just like you know they will always attack you on social media. Yeah, but you cannot back down from politics because if you believe in democracy, there's the future of your country. You gotta you gotta take part in it. But I'm I want to explain it to people, younger people who those who listen to it's a dead thing people in my, my son's age so they can understand. Why do we vote? I think that's cool, man. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was going through your stuff earlier. Uh, do you know uh, Trinity Traveler, the Naked yeah, Traveler? Yeah, I, I know her. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be sitting down with her this week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, around. she would probably have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious about your, you talked about Hamilton. Um, before we recorded, you talked about New York. Just being from there, I'm curious about your impression of New York and uh, what you got to do when you were there. Well, if you go to Manhattan and you block somebody walking, <laughs> you're a tourist. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. They hate you. <laughs> you better walk quick. You better walk quick. But 
Brooklyn's whole Brooklyn's whole are different thing. Like I can I can actually walk, relax. I went to a local barbershop to have a, got a fade, and I talked to the people there. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good experience. I mean, when I listen to rap music from the '90s, like New York, sounds like an awful place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but right now you can actually I can go to. I can go to Mar- Marcy Project C, where Jay Z used to live. I went to Biggie Mural. Ah, cool. I talked to people. Nothing happened to me. Yeah. Like, it's different. <laughs> Even if you go to Williamsburg, you can see <laughs> what what the Americans say is gentrification. Yep. It's a whole lot of different neighborhood now. It's different. So I'm not saying that there's not crime, but it's different. And I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. And uh, if I can stay in America or if people say like uh, uh, let's say let's say if I'm I'm a New Yorker and people say like where you from I'm from Brooklyn <laughs> I love Brooklyn mm-hmm. I enjoy it I didn't really have the chance to see more of Brooklyn but I love it awesome uh, for not just people in rap but I think now is, is really one of the best times to be creative just because your access to the ways to get your creativity out into the world it, it's there right at your fingertips. Um, for, for young kids, I mean, uh, not to date us again, but we are, we're not young kids anymore. Yeah. Uh, but for young kids who are looking to get into some type of a medium, do you have any sort of like uh, advice or wisdom that you could drop on them? For young kids too? Yeah, I mean, you're, listen, you're someone to me that you're, you're doing the thing I think a lot of people would love to do, and that's, they have this thing inside of them, this fire or this idea, and it's, sometimes it's stuck in their head and they want to, to be creative and they want people to hear it. Like, you are living that dream for a lot of people. Um, so for a young pe- person who might be listening to this, any advice for how to get to that point? People see a person that creates and becomes successful and make tons of money and they see like, I want that dream. I want to do that. I want to become that person. You talk to me, somebody, you know, you can have a conversation with me. And you can tell that I can talk many things. Mm. Because, but this is not something that comes instantly. I mean, deep below creativity, there's discipline. Mm. Now, you cannot have a, you don't, you cannot have a, your mindset uh, set on instant gratification, like everything is already there on the internet. You can just do whatever you want to become popular. I mean, you can become viral, but how long would that last? Mm. You know, the key is discipline. I discipline myself every day to make music. Even, even though it becomes a music that I want or not, but I did that like, like faithfully every day. When it comes to writing lyrics, Everywhere I go, I'm used to think in rhymes. I see a glass in Indonesian. I know how to find rhyme of this glass in Indonesian. So many things. Like, for example, glass means jelas. Jelas means clear. Class, class means class. Like, sebelas. Sebelas means 11. <laughs> keras, keras means hard. <laughs> I just think in rhymes. Yeah. So this kind of thing. I mean, for the young people, you cannot pray to God one day and you get everything on the other. Everything creative is based on discipline. Creativity is not, creativity is not something that you just 
found out of nowhere. If you don't have the discipline, you won't have what it takes to make it. So what that looks like to you then is every single day, I'm going to set aside this amount of time to write? Like, like here, everybody says, like, I'm passionate to become a rapper. Okay, how passionate are you? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Have you write some rhymes? If you never actually write rhymes and you only listen to other people's music and then you say, oh, I cannot make a song right now. I got to wait until I have money to record in the studio. Man, there's free beats on the internet. People make beats all the time on the internet. Go to the internet. Go to YouTube. Search this. Free beat instrumental. You find like tons of free beats. Yeah. Start writing. You cannot say that you want to get something, but you never actually took the time to prepare yourself. How much have you failed along the way? <laughs> Many times. <laughs> Many times. It's just, you know, when I first started making, you, know, you remember the forum that I talk about? Mm -hmm. When I first started freestyling, people start <laughs> off the top making fun of me. Like, what is this? This is whack lyrics. And I have to accept that. I joined freestyle battles competition. I lost many times, but it took time for me to really understand. Like when you see your opponent immediately, you see what he's wearing, you see how he walk, you, you you listen to what he says, and you remember that, and then you hit back with all this information that is laid out in front of you. It took time, man. There's no. In the beginning, uh, I was the wackest rapper <laughs> ever. <laughs> Yeah, um, even in my tiny, tiny way, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't make money through the podcast or anything like that. It's a pleasure project. But along with that is I get to travel a lot. And, yeah. and I've had people say to me sort of enviously, oh, it's, it's, you're so lucky you get to do that. Yeah. You didn't see me waking up at 4.30 for nine years, not spending money on anything, cars, clothes, anything to save up to be able to do this. <laughs> and like... You check out my Instagram, you get to see me hike a volcano. You don't see like the eight-hour bus ride where I had like food poisoning and all this shit I had to go through to get to this. Yeah, people uh, still see the, the grand picture. Yeah. You don't see the process. Yeah, exactly. The process is actually the ones that makes you who you are. I mean like, well, in the terms of the old generation these days, like millennials, they always want things to come their way. Mm -hmm. I mean, you cannot do that. I mean, like, you really need to understand that you need to work it. You need, you need to go through the process. Even the final destination itself, the goal itself, to me, it doesn't matter as much as the process mm. because the process is the, the part where you actually... That's, that's where you spend most of your time living, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anybody... Current, any, any new rappers, uh, Indonesian or abroad, that you dig that you think people should check out? Hmm. I would say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promote a certain uh, one, one um, specific rapper, but actually, if you go on YouTube right now, you should search Beef Rap Battle. Beef Rap Battle. So it's a, it's a local rap competition where um, you know, in the beginning we send out videos to tell that you can record you rapping for one minute and then we're gonna uh, choose from thousands of videos, a hundred people to come to our place um, and then you can rap in front of the judges, mm. one of the judges. Oh really? Yeah, and you can, you can rap um, 
either you freestyle or your lyrics that you memorize. And then after that, which from that hundred, we choose thirty-two people. Wow. Thirty-two people, and then we split, split it into two sixteen versus sixteen, freestyle battle. How often do you do that? No, we just started. Okay. And it's on YouTube. Awesome. And I will. I'll link to that so people can find so, it. So right now we already have uh, four finalists, and we already have one winner. Oh, all right. So this guy who wins, he's not from Jakarta. Okay. He's from the eastern part of Indonesia. Really? He can sing, he can rap, he can freestyle better, and he can make his own music. Wow. That's like the top of the top. He's up and coming? He's, he's, he's the next uh, thing? We, we'll see. We'll see. Because yeah. he still needs to make uh, songs, right? And the main prize is 100, well, it's not big in the U.S., but 100 uh, million dollars. Uh, sorry. Rupiah. Million rupiah. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's still nice, man. Still nice. <laughs> so you won. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and then... We're at an hour now, so what? Uh, how can people find you? Like, let's let's plug some of your stuff so that people can check you out. Just look for Saikoji S A Y K O J I. Before we actually leave here, early early on, you said there was a story to the name. What's that story? So back then, um, in the forum, you know, you gotta have a name. You gotta you gotta have that forum ID. Uh-huh. So I was thinking like what should I name myself? Like I see a lot of rappers like there's back then like J Z. Uh-huh. These days people have Cardi B, you know, even back in the days they have this West Coast rapper named Warren G. Yep. So I think like <laughs> you got to have a short name and then something with a with a letter, a capital letter. So back in high school I was the quiet kid. Mm. I mean, you probably wouldn't can tell. I'm, I'm, I talk a lot, but <laughs> back then I was the quiet kid, mm-hmm. introvert. But us introvert doesn't mean that we we're not. It doesn't mean that we don't know how to speak or talk. We just we just calm. Mm-hmm. We, we recharge by observing. That's that's actually the time where I listened to a lot of music, mm. started reading a lot of books. So one of my um, seniors in high school. Made fun of me. I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't like being bullied. He was just. It was just joking. Yeah. It's like. Like flaming. Like yeah. yeah. yeah flaming. It says like when well, you always, on, you know, on recess you're always in the class in the corner of the class, being alone like a trash can. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you put trash can in the corner of the class. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so like you like a crash trash can. Are you psycho or something? Ah. So. It's, well, it doesn't sound, doesn't mean much in English, but in, in Indonesian it was hilarious. It depends on how we say it. So, I remember that psycho, psycho, and then okay, what what capital letter should I add? And I said, I think I'm just gonna put G. So it's actually an yeah. English word. Psycho G. Psycho dash G. What does the G stand for? I have no idea. <laughs> it can go for anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, back then, you know, in the hip hop scene, people would say. G is gangster. Yeah, yeah. It can also be good mm. or can be grateful or can be a genius. You know, back then, well, to be, <laughs> I was a little bit too confident, but I would like to see people see the G as genius. Uh-huh. Even though I, I don't consider myself a genius right now, but that's <laughs> a little bit, and that's how I see it. So it's Psycho G. I like it. That's my, my handle name and the form. Mm-hmm. But when I started doing like rap battles or performance. Like this, Indonesian people, they mispronounce it all the time. 
all the time. Like, okay, let's call out for, let's just say, Psycho G. But uh-huh. the Indonesian time, they call Pisco G. <laughs> Pisco G. So I was like, man. Well, some of the, some of my other friends in the scene, like, they understand English. They know how to say it. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, how can I make people, you know, say my name right? So I flip it. You know, I write it the Indonesian way. S-A-Y-K-O-J-I. Okay. That's where the name Psycho G oh, comes wow, from. Oh, wow, man. It's, it's the Indonesian verse of the English, uh, the, the Ingr- English name. Is that pretty well known? Do people know that? How you got that name? No, not really. Oh, all right, well, <laughs> maybe <laughs> now they do. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive. People only know Psycho G. I mean, like, you go everywhere. You go to this guy. When we're in, yeah. in a restaurant right now, you ask people, you know Psycho G? They would know. But uh-huh. They would probably don't know the, yeah. the origin of the name. It doesn't have any philosophical meaning. It's just a cool name that I thought of back then. That's awesome. But that name sticks. <laughs> awesome. Well, Psycho G, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Uh, really happy that you gave me the time today. Yeah, I'm grateful too. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners can go to the show notes. You'll find all the stuff we talked about. You'll find the Rat Beef yes. uh, YouTube. And, um, and if you want to find out more about me, just S-A-Y-K-O-J-I. Google it. You'll find a ton of stuff. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Thank you. That wraps up episode number 86 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Many, many thanks to my special guest, Psycho G. Many thanks to all of you Voyagers, as always, for tuning in. The song that is going to play you out today is Appa Kubilang by Psycho G. You can check the show notes for this episode for all of the links that we talked about in this episode. You can also find the link to my Patreon account. Thank you, everyone. As always, please take care of each other. Padahal kakimu gak ada yang injak Terbata-bata Ucap kata-kata Ku pikir ah Pasti ada apa-apa Dari tanda-tanda Sakit hati Pasti masalah Laki-laki lagi Kemarin mesra nempel terus Tapi pagi ini kau sudah putus Kau bilang dia yang terbaik Tapi kenyataannya berbanding terbalik Ku sudah bilang Bilang dari dulu Tapi kau justru buru-buru Kau bersedia Ternyata dia tak setia Aku lagi Kau menangis lagi Kan sudah ku bilang Kau salah Hidup jadinya stress, hubungan spesial lagi gak beres Cerita lama, doi selingkuh Udah dibilang tapi tetap bersikuku Kau tak bisa lihat keadaan Dan kau pun tak dapat terima kenyataan Akhirnya jadi korban perasaan Hubungan lagi-lagi jadi berantakan Makanya dengan apa yang ku katakan Kau salah pilih yang ku rasakan Kalau jodoh Takkan kemana, tak perlu repot dari jauh ke sana. Siapa tahu yang dekat lebih bijaksana. Berbagi susah senang bisa bersama. Lagi kau menangis lagi, kan sudah ku bilang kau salah.
aku di sini selalu ada untukmu masih menunggu menunggu dirimu membuka mata hati yeah, mau mandir sampai kocar kacir padahal yang dekat juga sudah naksir aku selalu siap selalu hadir tapi kamu kalau sedih baru mampir ini yang terakhir jangan kau khawatir jalan bareng aku nanti aku traktir bukan berarti aku sekarang tajir siapa tahu cinta bisa mengalir Aku